Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One Silver. In his camp in the wild horse country of Texas, north of the Brazos River, the Lone Ranger sat on the ground with his back against a tree. Silver stood nearby. Using his teeth, the big white stallion pulled at a knot in a rope that bound the masked man's ankles. That's it, Silver. You've loosened it. Now pull, fella. The Lone Ranger had tied the rope himself to give Silver practice in one of the many things he'd been taught. Now you're getting it, big fella. That's it. Good for you. That's all we'll have time for. Tonto's returning from town. The masked man rose to his feet and patted Silver as Tonto drew rein and dismounted in the woodland clearing. Oh, fella. Easy, Scott. Easy, fella. Did you get all the supplies we need, Tonto? Ah, me get them all. And Kimusabi, me see regiment of cavalry in town. In Rushville? Ah, 
Them camp on grass in front of courthouse. There may have been rumors of trouble at the nearby Comanche Indian Reservation. Comanche, peaceful now. Yes, they'll remain peaceful as long as the white men respect their treaty rights. It will take very little to start an uprising. Man in store, say, soldiers question all white men who go to town. Why? Well, storekeeper not know that. Hmm. Did you ask the storekeeper about the wild horse hunters we've been trying to uh, find? Me ask him, and him not know anyone who sell hides. The four men we've followed from the Oklahoma border have killed a lot of mustangs. They must have hides to sell. Not right. Men kill horses like other hunter kill buffalo. Hunting and slaughtering mustangs for their hides is cruel and wasteful. Kimasabi, mustang not protected by law. Yes, I know that. Well, how we stop horse hunters? Frankly, Tonto, I don't know. But I want to talk to those four men. There must be some way to stop their inhumane operations. Rushville, good place, sell horse hides. It's the logical place. Uh, me only speak to storekeeper. Maybe someone else know a man who sell hides. Well, that's possible. Toto, I'm going to make a thorough inquiry. In Rushville? Yes. You wear a mask? No, I'll wear that old suit of buckskins you have in your saddlebag and disguise my face. Ah, then you look like horse hunter. Well, that'll be all right. Kimasabi. Yes? You not got disguise for silver. No. Maybe someone knows silver. And them know Lone Ranger in town asking about horse hunters. Hmm. Maybe better you ride scout. That's a good idea, Tonto. I'll leave Silver here with you. Now, get out the buckskin while I change my appearance. Uh-huh. A short time later, the Lone Ranger, disguised as a hunter and riding Tonto's paint horse, rode toward Rushville, Texas, the only important trading center between the Comanche Reservation and the Brazos River. As he neared a group of soldiers and Indians standing in front of one of the tents pitched on the courthouse lawn, a uniformed man held up one hand and called... Rain in, mister. Oscar. Dismount, please. Easy, Scout, easy. Why are you stopping me? Captain Bates wishes to speak to you. Please lead your horse this way. Come on, Scout. The Lone Ranger noticed that he was closely watched by several armed soldiers and by a group of four Indians as he led Scout toward the captain. I'm Captain Bates, United States Cavalry. Why do you wish to speak to me? I have a few questions to ask. Are you a horse hunter? No. Have you been near the Comanche Reservation? No. Please turn to face these Indians. I want Chief Quanah and his men to look at you. Very well. Chief Quanah, ask your people if this man was in the group that shot the Comanche boy. Come on, They say no. All right, sir. You're free to go. Captain Bates, I'd like to speak to you uh, privately. Hmm. All right. Come into my tent. Leaving scouted ground hitch, the Lone Ranger followed the captain into a large headquarters tent. Now you may speak freely. What is it? First, I'd like to identify myself. Here is a military pass. Hmm. How did you get such a pass? Did you... Why, this pass is issued to... To the Lone Ranger? Yes, Captain. You've always been described to me as wearing a mask and riding a white stallion called Silver. I left Silver in camp when I'm wearing a disguise in the hope of getting information about wild horse hunters who are operating in this area. Horse hunters? That's what I'm looking for. Well, that's what I thought when you questioned me. Why are you looking for them? I'd like to convince them that it's cruel and unnecessary to kill horses for their hides, and they can be broken and put to useful work. If those men are found, they'll kill no more horses. Oh? 
They raided a Mustang herd on the Comanche reservation. And in doing so, they shot and wounded a Comanche boy. So that's why you wanted the Indians to look at me? Yes. Those men must be found and punished. Otherwise, Chief Quanah and his people may go on the warpath. That would be a disaster for the whole Southwest. Right. Is the chief sure the horse hunters shot the boy? The men with him witnessed the shooting. Oh, when did it take place? Yesterday. I see. The boy was trying to capture a Mustang to break and ride. The hide hunters didn't want him to scare the herd, which was inside the reservation, so they deliberately shot him. I don't blame the Comanches for being angry. I've been trying to reason with the chief, but he insists that I catch the outlaws. I have only half a troop at my command. I can't watch the Indians and search for the horse killers at the same time. I'd like to help you. Do you have any information about the horse killers? Yes. They've been identified by detailed descriptions the Indians gave us. Hack Morris what? is the leader. Oh. Three members of the Yarrow clan are with him. They're Rube and Nick Yarrow, who are brothers, and a cousin named Polk Yarrow. I've heard of Hack Morris. He was a close friend of a killer Tonto and I helped capture. I'll be grateful for any help you'll give us. But time is short. I'll try to keep the chief in town for a day or so. I'll report to you as soon as possible, Captain Bates. Meanwhile, Hack Morris and the Yarrow brothers rode in search of several of the wild mustangs from the Indian reservation. Most of the horses were penned in a blind canyon where Polk Yarrow had been left on guard. But the greedy killers hoped to find the remainder before starting the slaughter. They rode slowly through a woods until Hack suddenly signaled a halt. Oh, there. Oh, oh. Say, boys, I smell wood smoke. That means there's a campfire somewhere ahead. Might be soldiers or engines, both of which we got to stay away from. Yeah, Nagy. Think we better turn back? No. Steady. Easy. You stay here with the horses, Rube. Nick and I'll go ahead on foot and look around. Moving cautiously, Hack and Nick crept toward the camp and presently saw the clearing where Tonto was grooming the great horse Silver. The eyes of the killers widened when they saw the magnificent stallion tied to a tree by a rope around his neck. What a horse. Purebred Arabian or I miss my guess. Let's get him. Yeah, we'll have to get that engine first. Right. Come on. Ice your hands. Huh? You. You cover. Don't make a move. Well, me got hands up. What you want? That horse. You horse hunters. Me get you. I've got his arms. Use your gun, Hack. Right. Well, that got him. Now, why'd you just hit him with your gun? Why didn't you shoot him? Plenty of time for that if we decide to kill him. Hey, look at that horse. He weren't tied. I bet he'd be attacking us. There's a horse with fire. We can sell that critter for a fancy price. Yeah. Take that rope laying there and tie the engine while he's unconscious. I'll look through these saddle bags and blanket rolls. Maybe there'll be something of value besides the horse. Right. Hey, Yarrow! Yeah. Come here and bring the horses. Right. Where do you suppose an engine got a horse like that one? I don't know. Maybe he stole it. Hey, you might find some cash in those saddle bags. I hope so. We can use it. Oh, ho, ho. Want a hand tying the Indian, Nick? Nah, do it alone. Give me a hand, Rube. We'll see what's in these saddle bags. Hey, mighty fine saddle bags. These cost a plenty. Yeah, so the saddle and bridle. Uh, here's a couple of horseshoes. 
I reckon the Indian thought a blacksmith could Hey, Rube. Or... Look at these shoes. Do they look like iron? No. They're not iron. What are they made of? You'd think I'm loco, Hack. But I'd say they're made of silver. Yeah, that's what I thought. What's that about silver? We found some silver horseshoes in one of these saddlebags. Silver? Hey, those should be worth money. What else is there? Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, here's some cartridges. What size? 45s. Uh, we can use those. Yeah, but Rube, look at them. Don't they look like they're made of some metal? Just like the horseshoes? They do. You mean to say you found some silver cartridges? Yeah. Let me see them. Yeah, have you finished tying the Indian? Yeah, he's hog-tied and gagged. Is he still unconscious? Yeah. Here are the cartridges, Nick. Wouldn't you say they're made of silver? Yeah, they sure look like And it. here are the horseshoes. Hey, boys, I've got it. What's that? Huh? I know who owns this horse. He's a man who uses silver bullets, rides a horse called Silver, and travels with an Indian pile. The Lone Ranger. Yeah. That engine on the ground is Tonto. And this is the horse named Silver. Now, we got to have this horse. What about the engine? Should we drill him? No, I've got a better idea. We'll take him with us. Why? He might come in handy in case we have to make a deal. If the Lone Ranger gets close enough to us to make any trouble, we'll let him know that the life of his pal Tonto depends on our freedom. Good idea. Hold the engine as hostage. Now, let's get that horse. He looks like he'll fight. We'll put three ropes on him. Easy there. As the three horse killers mounted their horses and shook their lariats into loops, Silver sensed their intentions and whirled in his tracks, looking for a way of escape. But he was tethered to a tree. Throw, Hack, you're closest. Uh, here goes. Uh, I got a loop on him. Feeling the rope on his neck, Silver reared and trumpeted in fury. Hold him. There, I've got rope on him, so have I. Held by three tight lariats tied to the saddles of three strong horses that knew their work and braced their legs, Silver fought vainly to free himself. He bucked, reared on his hind legs, and threshed the air with his forefeet while he screamed with fury. Keep your ropes tight. I'll cut him loose from the tree. Yeah, we'll have trouble getting this horse to our corral in the canyon. I don't see how we can do it if one of us has to carry that redskin. Never mind the redskin. Leave him there. Let's move the horse. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. He's not budging. Look at him fighting the rope. Uh, if need be, our horses will drag him. Now all pull together. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. With three ropes pulling on his neck, Silver was forced to accompany his captors. But he fought every inch of the way, tearing up the sod and leaving a telltale trail. The three riders and their mounts were almost exhausted when they reached the box canyon with Silver. Hack yelled... Hey, Poke! Let down the bars so we can get this critter in. Right, Hank. Yarrow, who had been left behind to watch the penned Mustangs, ran to the fence that closed the mouth of the Blind Canyon. The fence consisted of horizontal rails, tied four high to stout posts driven firmly into the ground. Just a minute, fellas. Untying the bars in the middle section of the fence, Polk lowered them to the ground. He waved his hat at the frightened Mustangs inside the fence. Uh, get back, you ordinary critters. Then he drove the milling herd farther back by firing a gun into the air. Get on, you white farmer! Get! I'll take your hide off with a whip. After much difficulty, the four men drove Silver into the box canyon, which was surrounded by high walls, except for the narrow opening that was closed by the high split rail fence. The horse killers cut their ropes, rather than risk their lives by going near enough to the infuriated stallion to loosen the loops. Then Rube said, We left a trail a blind man can follow. Yeah, that means a lone ranger will be here. We'll go back down the trail a little way and ambush that masked man and his pal. I've been hoping for a long time to get him. You have? Yeah. They're the ones who cut a pal of mine a while back. He was hanged for murder. Name was Clem Ashley. Clem was one of our kin. His mother was a Yarrow. I didn't know it was a Lone Ranger who got him. Now we all got a score to settle with a Lone Ranger. Let's go and wait for him. Silver, who had been standing at the edge of the wild horse herd, trembling with rage, became quiet when his captors rode away. He shook off the loosened loops of the lariats around his neck, then walked to the fence and inspected it from one end to the other. He paused at the middle section, where Polk had let down the bars. The fence was too high to jump. Silver knew he could hurdle three of the bars, but the top rail made the fence too high for any horse to leap over. The stallion lifted his head, and out of his deep chest came a call for the man he loved and trusted. Silver pricked up his ears as his call woke echoes in the canyon, but no answer came back from his master. The wild horses who had been watching him in wonder nickered uneasily. Oh, scout. Oh, easy, sir. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger returning from Rushville on scout found Tonto conscious but tightly bound, and he saw that Silver was gone and the cap ransacked. As he released his friend, he said, Are you hurt, Tonto? Uh, he get bump on head. But be all right. Who came here? Uh, two men come. Get drop on me. Tracks show that three men were here and three horses. Well, maybe other man and horse come after me knocked out. Well, they've taken silver. Oh, me no. Can people. you stand? Uh, here, let me help you. Do you want to stay here while I go after the man who took silver? Well, me go with you, Kimasabi. Scout carry double. All right. The other ground is torn up, Toto. Silver must have put up a furious battle. And uh, me hope him not hurt. The thieves took the saddlebags. What if they found my clothes and mask? You hide them in brushwood. I'll see if they're still there. You find them? Yes, Toto. I'll change into my own clothes before we go after those crooks. Ah, uh, and while you do that, me put cold water on head. Then be ready to go. Uh-huh. 
In a few minutes, the Lone Ranger, once more wearing his own clothes and mask, stood beside the paint horse scout. Tonto dried his face and said, Kimasabi, me ride behind saddle. All right, easy, Scout, easy, fellow. Come on. Uh, be ready. Come on, Scout. Following the clearly defined trail of the fighting horse, the Lone Ranger and Tonto made good time. The sun was still above the buttes on the western horizon when the hoof marks led them into a maze of canyons and arroyos. All around were possible hiding places for enemies. But the masked man and Indian threw caution to the wind, hoping to find silver before darkness obscured the trail. Their course took them around a bend, and then they sighted the fenced-in mouth of the open canyon several hundred yards ahead. Look, Kimosabe, wild horse pen. Silver's inside the fence. We'll dismount here. Hoska, ho. Easy, Scout. Easy. Me not see anyone around. Easy, Scout. Easy. No, but I think... Richard, too. Richard will fill me the lid. You're covered from both sides. A quick glance told the Lone Ranger and Tonto that four Winchester rifles were aimed at them from hiding places behind rocks. They lifted their hands. All right, Pook. You get their shooting there. Right. At that moment, Silver nuzzled a rope that held one end of the fence's top rail to a supporting post. It was tied with the same kind of knot the Lone Ranger used in training the big stallion. A gleam of awakened memory showed in Silver's eyes. He gripped one loop of the knot in his strong teeth and started tugging. Unaware of what Silver was doing, the Lone Ranger and Tonto held their hands at shoulder level as they walked ahead of the four men who had disarmed them. Polk led Scout. Presently, the group reached camp, only a short distance from the opening of the Box Canyon. Let's stop here. This is as far as you go. The masked man hoped that by playing for time, he might have the opportunity to catch the four killers off guard. So you're the horse killers. Suppose we are. And the thieves who stole my horse. That's right, Lone Ranger. So you know me. Yeah, we know you. And we're going to hang both of you just the way Clem Ashley was hanged. Unnoticed in the pen, Silver knew that his master was nearby and redoubled his efforts to untie the rope. He tugged one bend out of the knot and started on another. Polk Yarrow said, How about unmasking this hombre? Plenty of time, Polk, plenty of time. I don't want to rush things. <laughs> I've waited too long for this day. Maybe we'd better tie his hands, boys. Then we'll unmask him. We'd better tie the engine's hands, too. Good idea. Get some rope. At that instant, the last bend in the knots at which Silver had been working came out, leaving the ends of the rope loose. The top bar dropped to the ground. Silver's wild trumpeting startled the hide hunters. Polk, who had picked up a rope to tie the Lone Ranger's hands, looked toward the pen as Hack shouted, Hey, look, the top bar is down. How did that happen? I don't know, but go put it up pronto. Look, the stallion's jumping over the fence. Come on, Silver. Adam Scout. In a split second, when all four killers were looking toward the pen, the Lone Ranger charged at Polk. Come on, Tonto. Polk staggered back from a blow to the stomach while Tonto leaped at Nick. Nick, take guns. 
Scout reared high and flailed with his front hoofs at Hack and Rube. Look out, Rube! Scout's hoofs struck Rube, knocking him unconscious. Polk had dropped his rifle, but now he drew his pistol. I'll kill you! An instant before he fired, he was struck by the charging silver. The Lone Ranger leaped toward Nick, who struggled with Tonto. I'll take care of this one. As Nick went down from the masked man's sledgehammer blow to the chin, the masked man picked up a gun and turned toward Hack, who was aiming at Tonto. The bullet smashed the killer's arm, and Hack's shot went wild. I'm ready for anyone else who wants gunplay. No, no, don't shoot. I'm hurt from that horse hitting me. Don't shoot. He get his gun. Now hold your fire. I'm helpless. My arm's busted. Then stand back and keep your good arm high. Cover them, Toto, while I disarm the two who are knocked out. All right, Silver, old fella. We're in charge from now on. All other horses jump gate. Good. Hey, listen, mister. I admit you got the winning hand, but, but you can't kill us in cold blood. The law will deal with you. I admit we stole your horse, That's but... not why the law wants you. We're turning you over to the army. The army? For the invasion of the Comanche Reservation and the shooting of an Indian boy. To tie them to their own horses, Tonto. Several hours later in Rushville, all efforts of the captain to prolong the talks with the Indians had broken down. Chief Quanah, standing beside his Mustang on the courthouse lawn, took the braids out of his hair, then tied a knot in his pony's tail. The meaning of these gestures was not lost on Captain Bates. He said, Those signs, they mean war. It is war, Captain. I know, white men. You make many promises. You keep none. I ask you to catch men who kill wild horses on our lands and shoot young Comanche. You answered with many words. You did nothing. Chief, you haven't given me a chance. The only justice Indians ever get is what they make for themselves. So it is war. Now, wait, Chief. Captain, masked man and engine are bringing in four prisoners. Well, it must be. It is. Oh, 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 scout. Captain Bates, we captured your horse killers. Oh, you got the scoundrels just in time, mister. Chief Corner, are those prisoners the men who shot the Indian boy? Kuma, my people say they are the men. I told you they'd be captured. Now I promise you they'll be punished. Do you believe me? I believe you. You keep your word once, you will keep it again. Turning to his pony, Chief Quana took the knot out of its tail. There will be peace between us. I have spoken. Good. Now tell us how you got the gang, mister. The Lone Ranger quickly told about the capture of the horse killers. Then Captain Bates said, We're indebted to you. You did a lot for the West. Captain Bates, the credit should go to Silver. Now let's ride on, Tato. Adios, friend. Goodbye, Silver. Come on, Silver. Captain, who is the man who wears the mask? Chief Quanah, he is the friend and protector of good people and animals. And he's the enemy of all that is bad in the West. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. (laughs) 